Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, and um, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, that's a devotional for moms, and The 4-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. I'd love for you to go check those out if you haven't. I think they'll be a real encouragement to you today. I'm really thankful that you joined us today. I have a very special friend and guest um, here with me to talk about homeschooling kids with dyslexia. However, I want to take just a minute to thank um, Homeschooling Today. They are a sponsor for this podcast. And you all know, you've heard me say it many times that I love Homeschooling Today magazine. It's it's sort of like having a group of mentors uh, come into your mailbox through this beautiful magazine that I have received for years, but I also write for. Um, they, it's just, I love getting this magazine, opening it up. It just It's just beautifully put together. And there's so much great content there. And the thing that I really love about it is that it all resonates with that whole concept of taking a simple, unhurried approach to homeschooling. So check out Homeschooling Today at homeschoolingtoday.com. I will leave a link in the show notes. All right, so I want to just give a warm welcome to Marianne Sunderland. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her first. Um, She is a homeschooling mother of eight unique children, ages 11 to 30. She is also an author, a speaker, And because seven of her eight children are dyslexic, she's a passionate dyslexia advocate with a mission to educate and er encourage families to understand dyslexia, as well as to discover and nurture their children's God-given gifts and talents in and outside of the classroom. Marianne's website, Homeschooling with Dyslexia, provides weekly articles on homeschooling kids with ADHD and dyslexia that will bless and encourage you. And that's at homeschoolingwithdyslexia.com. And of course, that will be in the show notes as well. Welcome, Marianne. Thanks, Dorenda. So good to see you. It's good to see you too. We're both moms of eight. So between the two of us, we have 16 children. (laughs) We bonded right (laughs) away when we met. We were like, we did. (laughs) We did. We met. Yes, several years ago at a conference Mm -hmm. that was actually for, um, what is it? blogging moms, right? Christian blogging moms. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that what it was? A two-to-one conference, very intimate conference, a lot of fun. Yeah. But yes, we met there and you spoke there and um, I just loved your heart. We shared a room, didn't we? That's right. We did. Yes. You you brought your daughter. Um, She's just a sweetheart. I love her. And uh, and we walked through the streets of Chicago together Mm -hmm. in the wind and the rain. (laughs) But it was great, and we've gotten to see each other a couple of times since then. You know, you live in California, and I live in North Carolina, so there's a lot of miles between us. Yes. But um, but I always feel like when we talk, it's like we just talked yesterday. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what I really want is for you to start out sharing a bit of your story um, and what made you see the need to help homeschoolers with dyslexia. So, uh, you know, when a uh, hundred years ago, when we first started homeschooling, <laughs> I'm right there with our, you. Our thought was really just we were living in Los Angeles. The schools were not great. The private schools were impacted and expensive, and we knew we wanted to travel. And so, we had actually met some friends of my husband who lived in Australia in our travels, who'd homeschooled like way back in the day. And um, you'll love this. He, she gave me her. Um, 
uh, oh shoot, what's the guy's name? Uh, Better late than early. Raymond Moore. She oh, gave yes, me a stack of Raymond Moore books. Oh my gosh! And no. so we got back from our trip to Australia and decided to homeschool. Because, you know, like, how hard could it really be, right? You just, like, so literally, like, in kindergarten, I went to the drugstore and bought workbooks. And that's what we did in kindergarten. Yeah. You know, like, 20 minutes a day and just carried on with our lives. And then I went to a homeschool conference that summer, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh, Mm -hmm. my goodness. Yeah. Totally messed me up forever, right? (laughs) It took me, messed me up for years. But long story short... Going to the homeschool conference, receiving kind of pushback from my family caused me to really try to prove myself mm. by being a stellar homeschooler, having kids who were excellent students, you know, and that sort of thing. And then what happened was um, not so much in kindergarten, but for sure in first grade, especially with the curriculum I bought at that curriculum show, uh, problems came up. And um, it was a rough road for a couple of years. Mm. Like, what's Mm. going on? He's so smart. Why can't he figure this stuff out? Um, It was mainly language arts. Like, math, he was fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he was perfectly capable of learning and a cheerful, happy kid. But the reading was a real problem. And so when he Mm. was seven and a half, um, we had him tested through um, a tester who worked at our local a local private school and he got diagnosed with dyslexia. And I was like, what's that? And as we learned a little bit about it, we realized that his dad also was dyslexic, never diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of opened up this whole Pandora's box of like, what's going on, you know? And there's so many myths about dyslexia. Um, You know, the kids are really smart, but it's tempting to attribute like a bad attitude, laziness, mm-hmm. um, not being intelligent to what manifests as not remembering the rules, not being able to spell things, you know, just a lack of memory, a lack of mastery. Right. And right, right. so as we um, kind of bumbled our way through, uh, I learned a lot, you know, mm-hmm. I, a lot of trial and error. Um, there weren't a lot of resources at that time and, you know, available to homeschoolers. The internet wasn't what it is today. Um, and so as we found success and as we kind of went along the way, when our first kid was about 17, maybe even 18, I started blogging um, about homeschooling. And then the dyslexia posts were very popular. And I realized mm. that there's a lot of people out there who with struggling readers who didn't have anything, they didn't know where to go. And so that's kind of, right. that was like 2014, I think. And I just, I just started to create posts and articles and I've written um, three books now on dyslexia, just because um, there's a lot of people talking about homeschooling and there's a lot right. of people talking about dyslexia, but there's very few mm-hmm. talking about the two. And right. it's what's interesting is that dis, uh, homeschooling is actually ideal for kids with dyslexia mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, like they're totally smart and they can learn to read and they can be very successful, right? But it's their trajectory of learning is way different. And so what happens when your kids are either being forced to follow a traditional curriculum at home or through schools of some sort, they are 
just suffering tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, they're mm-hmm. not able to keep up. They don't understand. Everybody else seemingly does understand. And they, they will internalize, I'm not smart. Something's wrong with me. Parents are stressing out. Teachers are impatient. And it's a, it's a recipe for disaster, really. And I yeah. know this for a fact because I talk to parents every day <laughs> who mm-hmm. are pulling their kids out of school because... <laughs> right oh my gosh, we can't do this anymore. However, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And so they come to me and I just, the first thing I want to say is like, you can totally do this and you Mm. don't need to be a certified dyslexia tutor. I am one. And I was like, oh, I already knew most of this stuff. (laughs) Anyway, you know, um, so yeah. So that's kind of how we got started. And it, you know, it turns out as you read before that, seven of our eight kids are dyslexic in, and mm-hmm. you know, with ADHD and dysgraphia right. and all the, all the cousins, I call them. Right, right. Exactly. Okay. So I, I, so with you on that pile of Raymond Moore books. Okay. So I found the Raymond Moore books, gosh, I think I was a teenager. And so I read them, before, I, I read at least one before I ever even met my husband, decided to have kids. And I knew I wanted to homeschool. Like I read his stuff and I'm like, this makes so much sense. Cause I worked with kids a lot through my okay. teen years and I'd taken some child development classes and I'm like, this jives right with what I already know to be true about kids. And so I thought, well, it's certainly not going to look like that in the public school. I know that. So, um, why not? You know, unfortunately my husband was on board. But yeah, those books are just, they were just a game changer for us too. And then that conference thing, totally been there. So really early on, um, I think our oldest might've been kindergarten or first grade. And I went to this teeny tiny, not even one of the big ones, just a teeny tiny little conference um, about a half hour away. I thought, oh, this will be so great, you know? So I go up and I go to some workshops and by the time I left, I was like, I am, I don't even know what to do. Like, I'm so overwhelmed and I could do this and I could do this and maybe this would be better. Maybe this would be better. And, you know, the conferences, some people just absolutely love them and they find, you know, and they can be so, so helpful. But yeah. for me at that particular season, it was not a good fit for me. And so <laughs> this is terrible, but I never went back to another conference for like 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> Um, so maybe I'm a little extreme that way. Also, we didn't have very many in that area. But yeah. after that experience, I was like, you know, I'm just not even going to worry about it. I'm just going to do my thing. And so, yeah, I totally get that. So I'm sure there's moms out there who can relate to us and are probably going, oh, yay, somebody else has had this struggle as well. So, um, but I love this. Okay, so I, I have a question that I'm I'm wondering, you know, when you started to struggle, like, what was the thing that made you go, I have to figure this out. And like, what did you do? Like, at what point did you go, I got to get help. And I mean, you knew the diagnosis. Is that really what kind of drove you to it is to say, well, we should probably have him tested. Was that kind of the thing that the catalyst for you? Well, because I didn't know what dyslexia was. Right. And I didn't know about learning. I call them differences, but other people call Mm -hmm. them disabilities. I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about them. I had mm-hmm. no idea that right. intelligent people struggled to learn. None. Right. And so I, I, I can't even really remember how we found out about this tester, but even, even my husband, who was super laid back, like, ah, oh, he'll get mm-hmm. it. It's fine. You know, <laughs> just go, go to the beach some more. You know, it was like very, <laughs> like very Raymond Moore-ish. Um, right. 
it got to the point where, you know, at seven and a half and, mm-hmm. and just, be, you know, he was my firstborn. We read a lot of books. His vocabulary was off the charts. His level mm-hmm. of observation and communication was mm-hmm. like he was gifted, mm-hmm. right? but he could not read barely a three-letter word. He could right, not right. remember the silent e-roll. So I knew something was wrong. And that's how, when we right. got the testing. And the testing, you know, the, again, that was a whole other ball of wax because right. then it's like, it's kind of like going to the conference and you're like, right. oh, I'm not doing this right. You know, I need to go by this, you know, full curriculum for every kid and every grade. Right. Cause you, that like, you just get this impression. Right. Um, it was a lot of, uh, just trying to figure out what on earth dyslexia was and differentiate. Like it was very hard to see him reduced to those scores, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. very low, yeah, uh, yeah. low, low, like, right. it was like beep, 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 you know, your yeah, kids. And especially since deficient. you, you it, yeah, he was so clearly, uh, well-educated in all these mm-hmm. other areas. I mean, he had clearly been learning yes. in all of these other areas. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I mean, I understand, obviously, reading is important. It is important. We want our kids to learn to read. But at the end of the day, that's not the only thing that tells us whether our kids are intelligent or not. So I love yeah. that you differentiate and you say, you know, learning differences. Yeah. And I think that's just even those small changes in our language about it mm-hmm. make such a difference. Um, so it seems like, I don't know, maybe I'm just out of touch, but it seems like there are so many more kids out there who are dyslexic now than in the past. Um, do you think there's, do you have any thoughts on why that might be? Yeah, I don't think that that's true. I don't think that mm-hmm. there's more. Um, dyslexia has been shown to be genetic. So it does mm-hmm. run in families. So if you have right. a cousin or an uncle or a parent who's dyslexic, you know, you have a chance of being dyslexic yourself. So that I think the difference is awareness, really, that mm-hmm. um, I had a neighbor who was like 86, you know, and he was was telling me about his school years and how he did terribly and how he dropped mm-hmm. out and joined the Navy. And I was like, Dave, you're dyslexic, you know, and he was like, what's that? Um, you know, <laughs> but it was like people just didn't know what it was. Right, um, right, and so, right. uh, you know, I do believe that um, because it's genetic, that it's probably not increasing. Um, I mean, there are things like, you know, like with our culture of of screens, say, and kids right, not getting right. outside. And, you know, right. that's definitely a factor. But mm-hmm. there's a huge difference between a kid who hasn't been exposed to language to, compared to a kid with dyslexia. Like a kid right. with dyslexia, they're just not getting it. And right. a, another kid might be delayed or forget, or they were never taught sight words or whatever. But a kid with dyslexia is vastly different. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of signs that are not just reading and writing um, right. or spelling that you can find you know, on my site okay. or if you Google them, okay. but things like telling time on an analog clock. Uh, mm-hmm. tying their shoes. Okay. Um, 60%, 50, 60% of kids with dyslexia also have some kind of attention deficit, which mm-hmm. is another whole huge thing that affects learning um, mm-hmm. and behavior and you know, maturity and all of those things. And so, um, yeah, I don't think that there's more dyslexia. I think there's just more awareness. Right, right. Which is, it can be I think that's a real blessing because we can 
uh, hopefully, and the point of this whole episode is that we can um, help moms relax. Yeah. Um, you know, if they think their child might be dyslexic or they have had that diagnosis, um, we want we want them to know that it's doable. Like it's totally yeah. doable. In fact, like you said, homeschooling is the best place for yeah. them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think there's an an age that's too early to diagnose? So if you go to my, if you Google, say, early signs of dyslexia, you will mm-hmm. see things in the preschool years, things like mm-hmm. having trouble remembering colors and shapes and, um, you know, numbers and so forth, like remembering symbols. Uh, our kids often have trouble with their prepositions, you know, so they'll be like putting their hands up for you to pick them up and say down, down, right? They are right. confusing yesterday and tomorrow and things like that. So there are signs when kids are very young, uh, but the the testing that can be done, it can be done as early as four or five years old. Okay. I don't necessarily okay. recommend that, especially for yeah. homeschool parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's expensive. Um, there are reasons to test, which maybe we can talk about later, but right, um, right. Uh, so um, experts say, you know, to print up, there's a, a printable on my website, print up a sign of dyslexia symptoms, keep an eye on them, pay attention to whether or not they persist, or if, if there's right. someone in your family, your cl- close family, that's dyslexic, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's definitely... Um, a sign, um, and right. just keep an eye on it, you know, um, right, and right. watch watch them. I just sometimes feel like moms are so fearful because they're constantly being. I don't know. I feel like fear is constantly a, a struggle yeah. between social media and just all the awareness of so many things that we tend to panic too early. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about the fact that, you know, just simple things like my my kids wrote their letters and numbers backwards until they were like six or seven. I didn't worry about that because I'd seen that happen and then they correct themselves. And so like the things you're talking about saying down when they put their hands up. I could see a two-year-old doing that, and I would not be concerned that they had that confused, right? right? Um, You're saying that that type of thing at older ages when they, you know, so I think it's just important for moms to differentiate because when you mention that, I think, well, mom could have a two-year-old and think, oh my gosh, he might be dyslexic because he's saying down instead of up, you know? It's like, no, it's a little further down the road. You would watch that because most kids don't mess those things up, right? Most kids understand up and down. Uh, yesterday and tomorrow are more abstract, but right. up and down is pretty right. straightforward. Um, right. The thing with the fear, though, is that oftentimes when we're right in the middle of something that's messy, mm-hmm. it's hard to see the end. It's hard to right. see the future because you're so caught up in what's happening today. Right. That I've been right. teaching my son the word the for four weeks. <laughs> he still can't remember. And then we like run ahead and say, how are they ever going to go to college? Right. Or how right, are they right. ever going to be successful? Or how are they ever, right. Cause they are not going to be able to read. And the reality is, is that your kid will learn to read. Right. A hundred percent. Like very, very, very few children with dyslexia don't learn to read. They may hate reading depending on right. how you handle it. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, a lot of dyslexics don't read much when they're young, but as they mm-hmm. get older, they do start to read more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I noticed this on your website um, that just, I just briefly ran across a, a recent article that you had written about high schoolers and how a lot of times they're learning if they're dyslexic 
um, their learning actually doesn't really super take off until they're in high school. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so fascinating because I have actually seen that with a couple of my kids. And, you know, like I mentioned before we started recording, I think there's a possibility a couple of them have struggled with dyslexia, Mm -hmm. one in particular. Um, And I saw that happen, you know, like it, it, it was like a complete turning point for them. And so I love that um, what you're really communicating here is that the, the, the timelines just need to look different is what I'm hearing you say. Like you're, you're going to, you're going to have to adjust your timelines because there's so many, there's so many things out there, so many requirements or uh, what, like scope and sequence type, type thinking that a lot of people have, or they'll just look at someone else's kid and say, Mm -hmm. oh wait, my kid isn't doing that right. And so then there's the whole comparison thing. And really what we want to do is, 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 engage, love, and nurture the child we've been given instead of looking at the ones that we haven't been given and wishing ours were more like them instead of just, because our kids are going to feel that. Like they get that vibe from us. They are so smart and so intuitive. And, you know, so it's that balance of we want to be responsible. We want to make sure that we're doing, doing right by them. But at the same time, we are fully embracing who God wired them to be because he has a purpose and a plan for their lives. And um, just because reading may take uh, quite a bit longer, that doesn't thwart God's plan for our kids' lives, Exactly, you know? And so we're here to be that nurturing, and they're so dependent on us that really it does, it makes all the difference in the world for these kids that they've got a nurturing caregiver Mm -hmm. that is, you know, I, I like the word nurturing, but nurturing them through their education, you know, not not yeah. being so worried about being a teacher, um, but instead just be the mom, you know, be that mom who loves her kid and will go to the ends of the earth to do whatever they need to to get them growing into the, the child that got, you know, the adult eventually that God wants them to be. Yeah. You know? And, you know, the thing about that and what you're saying, and I love it so much, is that homeschooling gives us the opportunity or the freedom to individualize our kids' educations. And mm-hmm. and actually, um, research shows that, like, that is the number one reason why people actually homeschool, because they want to individualize their kids' education for whatever reason. Right. But for for parents of kids who are struggling to learn— we have this huge blessing of freedom to teach our kids where they're at. And, and it's so counter. It, actually, it is intuitive. I think all parents of struggling learners intuitively know, well, if he's not remembering the short sound of, ah, I'm just going to have to review it, right? That's how you do it. However, mm-hmm. then this critical part of our brain goes, yeah, but Johnny, you know, next door, he learned the short sound of ah when he was three. And so something's wrong with me. And the reality mm-hmm. is, is that dyslexia is what is just, it's a genetic predisposition that comes with a lot of weaknesses, but it also comes with a lot of strengths, um, unique strengths for organization, for planning, um, all kinds of different strengths. And so when we're at home with our kids and we're seeing that they need something, like they need more review with something or they're not getting something, yes, go and look it up. Yes, go and research because there are methods that work better for kids with dyslexia, like anything that's multisensory for reading, right. it's Orton-Gillingham. But 
to be able to teach them where they're at using their interests and allowing them time to just be themselves and pursue the things that they enjoy is, mm-hmm. is all there is to it. The biggest battle, it, it's not teaching them to read or remember their sight words. It's calming yourself down and saying, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. And, and I can say that with certainty because, you know, I've graduated five of my kids and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the fifth one, she just graduated uh, last year and she's in college, you know, she's mm-hmm. in community college, just plugging away. You know, she's got ADHD and totally didn't got dropped from her classes, you know, and I had to help her get back in. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm like supporting her. That's a, that's another mm-hmm. thing. It's like that you were talking about that nurture mm-hmm. and, you know, supporting our kids and giving them the help that they need is is how, how they learn. So mm-hmm. if your mm-hmm. kid can't write because they have dysgraphia or they can't spell in third or fourth grade because they're just learning to read and spelling comes later, well, then let them dictate their, their story. Um, have them speak it into a device or you write it down or have an older sibling write it down or don't have them do writing at all. Just have them have fun. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter because literally when they get to middle school and you start offering them these challenges that are appropriate, appropriately challenging them, they, they can rise to the occasion and, yeah. and learn it all very quickly. You know, they don't right. need to be writing paragraphs in second grade. Right, because we haven't, and the reason that that can happen is because we laid a foundation by not knocking their knees out from underneath them early on. Yeah. Instead, we have been bolstering them, encouraging them, nurturing them, assuring them, um, not spending a bunch of time um, doing remedial work, (laughs) you know, pounding, pounding, pounding on the reading. And instead, we're like, you know what? Let's, uh, you know, we might spend a little bit of time on that, but we're going to spend most of our time doing the things that you love and enjoy, you're interested in, you're yeah. good at. Um, you mentioned the dysgraphia. Our youngest has dysgraphia. And literally, it was really just like last year that he started being able to write legibly, and he's 17. Yeah. And, and I, but we've never let that be an obstacle for him. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, if there's writing involved in a, in a, in a, an assignment, then he could verbalize it to me, mm-hmm. you know? And when I actually set him free on the computer about, it's about two or three years ago, he just told me out of the blue, I want to write a story. And I said, okay. So he gets on the computer and he starts writing this unbelievable story that I was just like, oh my goodness. You know, obviously there were a lot of typos and things, a lot of editing that needed to happen. But the bolt, the content of the story was amazing yeah. and so detailed and so creative. And it was like, I had no idea, but, <laughs> but he just, you know, and that's because he's had the freedom all along to just sort of like go at a pace that works for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not opposed to remediation. Um, right. I do believe that our kids you know, the research shows that kids really do need to be taught things. Um, yes, absolutely. And so, it, but it's a balance, you know, you don't want right. to be stressing. I mean, part of my Orton-Gillingham training was being observant of your child because sometimes mm-hmm. kids with dyslexia have a great day and you can just 
push ahead and learn so much. And other right. days it's like, I don't know what's going on, but nothing's going in. And so right. being able to be aware of that or if they're starting to get stressed and discouraged that you um, kind of gently switch gears and go into some review or reading a story or a game or right. something so that you know, they are getting that remediation. They're getting the exposure right. to, um, you know, the hows and the whys and things like that. And strategies, I, I call that, like my kids have a toolbox of strategies that they use to help them focus to, mm -hmm. you know, my one son, um, a lot of kids with dyslexia have trouble memorizing math facts. And so uh, that can be a real problem when you get to higher level math. And so I allow a, a calculator <laughs> because the kid sure. also has ADHD now. So uh, it's one thing if they don't have ADHD and they can skip count or they can write things out or whatever. But with the ADHD layer on top of that, I know that he only has so much tolerance for frustration. And right. what is what I often ask myself is what are we what's the purpose of this assignment? Right. You know, it's like with history. So is the purpose to spell all the names of the countries correctly or is it to know the flow of history and know what factors affected what? So likewise with his math, I was like, well, if your math is, you know, to, to do this conversion or whatever or long division and you're getting stuck continually because you're having your working memory and your focus is so limited, but you're expending so much of it on these you know, so so I've learned over the years to, you know, allow a calculator for steps, not for the whole problem, but for steps. And it's made right, a huge right, difference because right. his confidence is soaring. He's like, oh, I can totally do this, you know, and he doesn't right. wear himself exactly. out and he moves on to the next thing without, you know, an issue. Right, right. And I think when I when I use the word remedial, I mean like just really harping on that one area. Right. Ignoring all the others yes. and really just totally focusing agree. on the area they're not good at, you mm -hmm. know? And it's like obviously we wanna like try to I always think of it as like gentle encouragement. We're pushing on the door to see if it's a day we can <laughs> we can do this. Yeah. You know? And and like you said, you you noticed, okay, this is not happening today. <laughs> and so then you go, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna else. move we're going to move this direction. So it's just that flexibility and that just being okay with that timeline. And then have you found that it's some with that sometimes when you do go back to it, all of a sudden they make like amazing progress? Yes. Because mm -hmm. it's the weirdest thing. Like you're thinking, you know, well, we've missed it this many days because it just wasn't working. And I, you know, are we going to have to review what they already know? How is this going to work? And I would, I would go back to it as, you know, being a student of our kids, like you said, and, and then revisiting it. And, and they would just like all, they were fine. They picked up right from where they left off, didn't forget anything and just kept moving forward. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's yeah, just and I, can't, I have no explanation for that. I don't know exactly. why it is. Exactly. It definitely exactly. is true. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap up this episode because um, I've got a lot more questions for you. Um, we're going to be talking about things like if a mom suspects her child might be dyslexic, what would be her next steps, um, important things to a mom should remember um, if her child has been diagnosed, um, just some encouragement uh, for for um, anybody who's thinking this might be part of their journey. So uh, join us for the next episode. And uh, Marianne, thank you so much for, for being with us. And um, we look forward to hearing from you again in the next episode. Thanks. All right, let's go ahead and pray before we, uh, before we wrap this Should up. Should I keep the, rec oh, okay. Should I keep the recording going? Yeah, just okay. keep it going. Yes. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you so much for 
Today, we thank you for the opportunity to just bring encouragement to moms, Lord. We we know that these kids are just such a blessing and that they're gifted in so many ways, Lord. And and yet, they're, we want to do our job well as moms and make sure that we're equipping them. And so we just thank you for the opportunity to have that conversation with someone who's been there. And um, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness to us. And we thank you for these, these kids who are truly gifts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.